Welcome back to the Evolving Wellness Podcast and Happy New Year. I am so excited to have today's guest, Ashley Taylor from Ashley Taylor Wellness here today with me. And we are going to be talking all about stress, burnout, looking at your health from that lens. Now, Ashley has a really great story to tell as a nurse and how she really put a lot of her faith in traditional or allopathic medicine and then saw that number one, her patients were not being properly served and that her health completely fell apart. And so I feel like this is a conversation we need to continue to have. And the more of these conversations we have, the more people we can help and have them look at their health through a different lens. So I'm so honored and happy to have Ashley here today, especially in this first episode of the new year. So happy new year. If you are listening to this the day that it comes out, I'm hoping that you are having a wonderful new year so far and that this episode maybe will give you some ideas that you can implement in your own life. Now, if you're new here, I have free resources to help you get started with your health at www.sarahkleinerwellness.com. I have several free eBooks to help you get started and I'm having a new year's sale. So make sure you check the link in the description for that new year's sale. If you again are wanting to take advantage of new year's, you know, that new year's energy and just getting started and transforming your health. So check that out in the show notes. And I want to thank a couple sponsors before we jump into the conversation. The first one is Viva Rays. We mentioned several times in this episode the importance of having circadian rhythms aligned. And Viva Rays is my go-to source for protecting my circadian rhythms. You can use the code YOGI to save on their glasses. They have eye masks and earplugs as well. They also accept FSA, HSA cards if you are looking to get a prescription sent they will accept those so check them out again my code to save there is yogi and the second sponsor is upgraded formulas you can use my code yogi12 or yogi to save there they have a fantastic hair tissue mineral analysis with a consultation if you're looking to get to the bottom of your mineral needs they also have a really wonderful magnesium that bypasses the gut if you have gut issues and can't necessarily rely on magnesium getting absorbed when you take it orally so check them out again my code to save there is yogi12 or yogi and if you are a fan of the show and you do enjoy it please head on over to apple or spotify to leave us up to a five-star review and share it with a friend a family member maybe you know someone experiencing burnout right now and they need to hear this show so please feel free to share it with anyone that you can and let's go ahead and jump into the conversation thank you for listening I'm so excited for today's guest. I've been following her for a while on Instagram, probably I feel like at least a couple of years now. And so, and I was just on her podcast. So I'm like, let's come over and chat. Ashley Taylor Wellness. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I think you are such a brilliant woman and very compassionate. And I learn a lot from you. So I'm really excited to be here today and have another amazing conversation. Well, thank you. Well, I'm excited. And, you know, I just love your story. And and we were talking a little bit before I hit record about this whole burnout and stress issue. So I definitely want to focus on that, especially since we're, this is probably going to go up like the first week of January. So it'll be hitting that beginning part of the year where people have just been pushing so hard. So maybe we can talk a little bit about your background and mm-hmm. your story, and then definitely hit the burnout stress topic. Yeah. So where do we begin? 
how far back do we want to go? I mean, I, I, guess. I feel like I started following you in 2021 when you had okay. just, I mean, but you can go back as far as you want that is relevant for you. Okay. So uh, long story short, not long story long, but long story short, growing up, I loved sweets, processed foods. I loved to sleep with the TV on. Mm-hmm. I did grow up on the beach. So I spent a lot of time outside, but a lot of the symptoms that I had ADHD, definitely anxiety as I became a teen, some depression, uh, cystic acne. That was another mm-hmm. one. Yeah. All I knew was the conventional medical world. And I grew up in Hilton Head, which is a very wealthy area, lots of doctors. Mm-hmm. And that was the best option that I knew. So when I was sitting in the doctor's office and I was prescribed Accutane, I said, do you think I should change my diet? Oh, it's not going to make a difference. And I could have delayed mm-hmm. this very expensive treatment and focus on that, but huh, it was a lot easier to just take a pill. I got the results I wanted, although very severely chapped lips and it affected my bowels, but Hey, I have clear skin, right? right. So that's when I started to see Botox and all these other things. And I thought the medical system was the best way. So I'm a high school dropout, but I decided to go back to school and I went to college at Charleston. I studied health promotion, went to Duke for nursing school, which was a big deal since I was a high school dropout. And I'm like, all right, I made it. I am going to be this respected nurse. I was still looking for extrinsic external validation because if I'm this in society, then I can feel this way about myself, such a Mm -hmm. trap. But that is part of the story. And as I became a nurse, I started to see people who weren't thriving. They, I mean, sometimes people would die, but most patients didn't die. They would go home, but not feeling more empowered, Mm -hmm. not with fewer medications than they came in with, not with an end plan. And I just kept my mouth shut. I'm like, I'm a a new nurse. What do I know? Until you fast forward to 2018, my body literally shut down. Mm. Um, every, every sense of the way I wasn't pooping. I wasn't sweating. I had hives all over my skin, Mm. extremely itchy. It's like something was off and nothing Mm. that I was given was able to even give me symptomatic relief. Mm. So at that point I'm like, okay, I guess I'm willing to just explore outside of the box here. And, uh, my boyfriend of six and a half years, Otto, he had made money in crypto and was like, I will support you in whatever way I can. So we started to explore all these different options. And it's just been a journey of being angry at the medical system Mm. and then realizing there's a time and a place for it. I think it's just overused and that all or nothing thinking we see a lot of that online. So I'm just like, there's nuance, there's a time and a place And there are things that I think both you and I realize we're not paying attention to that have made such a a tremendous impact. So that's kind of how I got to that point from hitting the override button to prove that I was capable working night shift because it was four extra dollars an hour, which Mm. is hilarious that I think that that it was worth it at the time. But, Mm. you know, that was a lesson I learned and just hitting a rock bottom where I'm like, I thought I knew everything about health as a board certified nurse and I don't. So I need to put the ego down and go back to the drawing board. And it's been a huge blessing, but it's been eventful to say the least, but I'm so grateful for it today. Yeah. I mean, it's this whole year I've had lots of hospital experiences with my daughter and I had to take my son for, he was throwing up it back in April and wouldn't stop. And so I've been in the hospital more times than I care to count even this year. And 
every time I would go, the people that were there, the nurses were wonderful. I would just really meet the most wonderful people, but I would notice that they were really struggling with their health and they were young too. I mean, it was like very young people that if you spend a little time with them, you know, if you have a really sick child and they're in the room mm -hmm. with you a lot, you start to have conversations with them. You start to kind of get to know them more through their shift. And especially if they come day after day while you're still there mm -hmm. and you really start to see like how much suffering our hospital workers are going through just to work. And I think that like you, they get into it with a desire to want to help people. Cause you've had, you had some experiences where you're like, I really modern medicine was helpful for me. And then you get into it. And I think you kind of see like, Oh, <laughs> no one mm -hmm. is like, no one's healing. I think that's the thing that like is the biggest issue with our medical system is like, no one's healing. People are like not dying, you know, which is really important in some situations has been for us this year. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, with your situation with the hives and with um, the just chronic inflammation and all the anxiety and everything you're dealing with, modern medicine couldn't touch that, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's a time and a place for all of these things, mm -hmm. but we don't do a lot of why is this happening? Mm -hmm. And we think that it's just physical. Mm -hmm. I was so convinced that it was mm -hmm. physical. So weight loss, has not been a big part of my story, but the heaviest that I ever was, was, um, about 25 pounds heavier than I am now. And it was when I was working with someone, she had me on a very restrictive diet. I had to exercise an hour a day, even if I had to do 12 and a half hours mm. at work, even if that meant getting up at four 30 before my shift, an hour of cardio a day, because what have we learned historically calories in calories out. Yep as you and I both know, there's so much more to it. So it doesn't hormones, mean that yeah. we're eating isn't important, but what, exactly. Was I serving my hormones by getting up, by cutting into my sleep, hitting the override button, being so stressed out at work, mm -hmm. uh, years before that opposite schedule of the sun. I mean, I was so out of alignment that of course I experienced those symptoms and it's easy to want to blame someone, but I had to look at the choices I was making. Mm -hmm. And for some people that feels scary, but it's not because it's like, okay, if we are responsible for what happens in our health, then we are also responsible for our healing. And yeah. that scares people. But I'm like, I have so much more power over what happens to me. And that's a different way to look at it versus, oh no, it all falls on me versus I get to choose yeah. how my life's going to be. Yeah. And I love how you, you do say that there is a time and place for it because, you know, I've talked about this a lot with, um, uh, my friend, Carrie Bennett, we have our quantum conversations yeah. podcast and, you know, she has three kids. I have two kids and sometimes the kids like things happen and all these holistic people are like, never use this and never use that. And there's, you should know, you know, and there's a lot of shame out there in the holistic community for utilizing allopathic medicine. And I, it's, it's gotten to me before where I feel so freaking guilty for having to utilize any sort of modern medicine. And I, I think that there's, like you said, there's a time and a place for it. And what is the problem is that we're overusing it. We're not getting to the root cause. We're suppressing a lot of things, but then there's like a flip side of it too, where people, you know, it can be dangerous if you completely shun all, yes, all medicine, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I did. 
Cause I was so angry. You know, yes, I invested same. with interest about $175,000 for my nursing degree, not including my degree prior to that. And I didn't really feel that I learned how to help people thrive, mm. eat a healthy diet. Well, what does that mean? I mean, even in the wellness community on oh, Instagram, a million different versions yeah. of that. Mm -hmm. So my approach is more what works for you. What's realistic for you. Mm -hmm. Let's say your kids are stressing you out as the action step to get rid of your kids. No, it's about how can we find out what's going to best support you and your body mm -hmm. based on the stressors that you have in your life. And we don't think of it like that. Right. And I love Instagram for being able to share all of these different tips, but just because something is helpful for someone else doesn't necessarily mean that it will be helpful for us. Right. Um, or maybe we haven't tried it long enough. Like there's so, there's so much that we, we tend to miss because we're used to quick fixes. You take a pill, you feel better in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way with lifestyle, even a circadian lifestyle. Right. If you're really prioritizing that, what have you seen as far as how long that takes for a person to really feel the benefits of that? Could I it be mean, a few weeks? Yeah, it could be even three days. I mean, it could okay. be super fast to reset that circadian rhythm but some people are super dysregulated. Their hormones are just yeah. a disaster. Their sleep is a disaster. It may take weeks, you know, it may take longer and there's not, you know, like sometimes you just have to be consistent and wait and be patient, you know, that you're not gonna be able to take a pill to fix it. And that's hard for people. I know you're interviewing me, but can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Um, what does consistent mean to you? Um, it just means that I'm outside getting natural light in my eyes every day, no matter what. Every day. In, okay. In so morning. it's a non-negotiable. In the morning, no matter what. Even if I've okay. been up with a kid, um, when my kid, my daughter was in the hospital, I was out, you know, I would have someone in the room with her and I would have blue blockers on in the hospital. I'd go outside and get morning sunlight. So like through all the crazy this year, like that's been my non-negotiable is sunlight in the morning and then blue blockers mm -hmm. at night. And those are the two things like I can say without a doubt, I've been hundred percent consistent on. So that's, yeah. And eating breakfast too is super important, but yeah, those are the things that I think that people be consistent on those three things. And eventually like, you're going to see changes. You're going to feel better and sometimes yeah. pretty quickly for some people. That's amazing to hear. And sometimes it takes longer, mm -hmm. but just because it takes longer doesn't mean it's not it's helpful. Not working, right. Exactly. Like maybe we've been out of alignment for so long or when I'm on a completely opposite schedule of the sun, meaning I, I go into work at 7 PM. So mm -hmm. I wake up for my day at 5 PM and I am home by 8 AM. I mean, complete opposite schedule mm -hmm. of the sun. So yeah, it's going to take a little bit longer. Oh yeah. And it's about what we do consistently. For me, it doesn't mean perfection. That's why I asked you that question. Right. It's just, am I making better choices? And mm -hmm. then that feels like my, oh, I hate to say it, but new normal. Mm -hmm. And then from there I expand and add to that versus yeah. trying to change everything at once in coaching just for myself. And when I've worked with clients, if people want massive results, so they want to take massive action here for that, but one thing stack. I think it's time. better. Exactly. Yeah, you can't just do. And that's the thing I think, and this will be appropriate because this will come out in the beginning of January. I think that's the biggest mistake people really make is like, it's January 1st. I'm going to the gym at 5am. I'm 
got to intermittent fast. I'm going to cut all the carbs down to zero. I'm going to, you know, get 15,000 steps a day and I'm going to, you know, and it's like, whoa, no, yeah, <laughs> not a good idea at all. And I'm going to start taking 15 supplements, you know, like, please don't do all of that. Like <laughs> it's not just not necessary at all for people. So yeah. how do you, how do you help people with that? Because it sounds like you had to really overcome a lot in your burnout mm -hmm. um, and that you've learned a lot in that process as well. So how did I overcome it? Yeah. How from, did you overcome it? And then how do you mm -hmm. help other people overcome it? I guess it's okay. a good way to, yeah. Yeah. Great question. So 2017 was when I went to my first biohacking conference and I was like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, look at all these things. Like who knows what will be helpful and what won't. Mm -hmm. And I did get an aura ring. I love that you could keep it on airplane mode. That's very important to me. I'm mm. not going to have an Apple watch. I do have an iPhone, but I'm not going to have an Apple watch that can take a phone call and sleep with that next to my head. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Mm -mm. Um, so the aura ring was a really great feedback tool at the time. It really just looked at sleep. Some activity wasn't super reliable with that. And I don't even think heart rate variability at first, it's added a lot of features, mm -hmm. but it showed me when I rest and when I slow down, how much more energy I have, how much better I feel mental clarity. And I was going in two different directions. I knew that rest was essential because I was burnt out, but I had a belief that rest made me lazy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this, and this is what I do with clients too. We look at your beliefs on week one. What are all of the stories and thoughts that come up that tell you the change that you want to make is challenging or maybe even not possible? Uh, I have to work out two hours a day to lose weight. Well, is that belief even true? Is that even true? So we want to assess that. What are the beliefs that someone has coming in? And then we also want to clearly define what success looks like for that person. So we do that on week three, you create a vision for your life. And then you ask yourself, am I living in alignment with that? And a lot comes up because I don't just work with people uh, on weekly strategy session calls because most people want to update about what happened in the week. And that's great, but that takes away from our ability to create a plan. Mm. I use Voxer so people can update me and those moments in between the calls that's where change really happens mm. when you're faced with the decision to show up as you always have or make a shift. And it, even if that shift is something as small as going outside first thing in the morning, people are like, that's not going to make a difference. Yeah. Well, now we have the aura ring and we have amazing hormone testing too, but we can see on a daily basis, what's moving the needle for you and what's not. And it's just been so cool because the biggest thing is that it gave me permission to slow down and by doing less, but doing more things intentionally. Mm. I I find that I'm more productive, more efficient, my mood's better. And I've found a balance for me and it's going to look a lot different than maybe what your balance looks like. Mm -hmm. So it's all about bio-individuality. Although we all might benefit from a circadian lifestyle, it's going to be different in Iceland versus Costa Rica. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think it's about finding what's right for that person. And for me, the aura ring has been the best feedback tool because it's daily or even more often than that, feedback on what you're doing, what's stressing you out, what's getting you into restorative mode. How's your HRV? How resilient are you? Are you, uh, if you're in a sympathetic dominant state, you're probably not going to have a really high HRV. Mm -mm. And it's also not about avoiding all stress. It's just, how do we manage it? It's just about learning what's best for us 
And it's so easy to feel like we're not doing enough. And Mm -hmm. I think when people have more compassion for themselves and they learn to prioritize the most important things, then it feels fun. I mean, it, it doesn't feel like work to me at all anymore. Mm. Um, my lifestyle is something that I enjoy. And what would you say about that? Do you feel the same way or does it still kind of feel like work? No, for me, like, and that's the beauty I feel like of when you found what really truly works for you is that it doesn't feel like work. It's like every day I want to do these things that I do like my non-negotiables and they work. And I've never had this, you know, I've never looked this good in my mid forties. Like you, if you would have told me that when I was struggling with my hormones, my weight and everything in my mid thirties and early thirties, that in your mid forties, you're actually going to look better and feel better. I would have been like, shut up, you know, like you're supposed to, as you get older, it's supposed to get harder. But I see women, you know, in their fifties, sixties, seventies, same thing, but they're like, I feel better now than I did 30, 40 years ago from doing this really simple stuff. And that I think is the key to sustainable health is like, you want to do these things and there, it's not like going to CrossFit at five o'clock in the morning. Cause I don't advocate for that. I don't know about you, but no, <laughs> it's, it's not, uh, it's not torture to maintain your health and it shouldn't be. And that's, you know, the beauty of having a coach, someone like you that can help people to find that, um, individually for themselves. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I and that's that. what I do with, with my clients is let's figure out what is the low hanging fruit for you mm-hmm. because, you're sleeping three to five hours a night. I mean, Mm -hmm. I couldn't thrive with that. Mm -mm. So the things that I recommend people start with would be clean air, clean water, because we consume those on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. As far as lifestyle, uh, the five pillars of functional medicine would be sleep and restoration, exercise and movement, nutrition, which I would also under that category, say anything we're consuming. Mm -hmm. So light is a part of that. What we're listening to stress and relationships. Mm. Most people don't think about all of those factors, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially the stress and relationships. But once again, now we can measure that stress and is all stress bad? No, but we need to figure out, is that your, is that your home base and what, what can you shift? And have you noticed that a lot of people want to make these changes, but they do it from that energy of, uh, being frantic and stressed out about Mm -hmm. it. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. Cause I have a private uh, membership group. You get a month of it with a few of my courses and the bundles. And so I created that group because I wanted to be able to talk to people that are doing my courses and help them. Cause there's nuance with everything. And yes. I would say that the most frustrating thing about people in my group, I love them dearly, you know, but is the like stressing out about like the, the stress of getting everything perfect and finding the Mm -hmm. right protocol and the right amount of minutes of this and the right amount of measurement of that and this and that. And I get it because they came a lot of them from a place of, of just running purely on stress hormones and completely overriding the body all the time. But when you start working on your health, you have to see that, that, you know, the stress part of it is monumental, you know, and the mental shift is really huge for people as well, because, you know, your mind can do some really, really powerful things, good and bad, you know, and, and you have to, to be willing to look at that sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Were you ever in a place where you felt like rigid and obsessed with good intentions, but that was how you were showing up? Yeah. Most of my life, (laughs) you know, like even as a yoga teacher and like, honestly, yoga teachers are some of the most uptight people I've ever met in my entire life. 
Um, just like, whoa, girl, like you're trying to teach everybody to be all Zen, but you are a freaking stress case. Um, yeah. yeah, yoga teachers are literally some of the most stressed out uptight people I've ever met. Not all of them. Some of, I've met some lovely, amazing ones that I'm like, I want to be like you when I grow up, you know, but yeah. a lot of people get into teaching yoga and they get into healing arts because it helped them to calm down a few notches, but they still have like 10 more notches to go, you know, yeah. so that was definitely me. And it wasn't really until you know, I would say 2021, like after 2020, when I left the studio, I think I left the studio for similar reasons that you kind of left the medical field. There's just like, people were forcing things on us. And, um, you know, I, I had to like take a huge step back and reevaluate everything and, and making the quantum and circadian shift into my lifestyle. That's when I realized part of a quantum shift was also your mind too, you know, like, it's super, super important. So yeah. 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 So, I mean, that was actually one of the reasons I started following you on Instagram is because, you know, and we don't have to get super like wordy about about the whole thing, Mm -hmm. but you were speaking out about people in the medical industry being forced into medical interventions. And I was like, wow, I really respect her for coming out and taking the stance right now. And um, Mm -hmm. I think we have to continue to have those conversations about our health, because if we don't, it's going to be taken from us. Would you say? Absolutely. And I don't know if you know this or if your listeners know this, but I believe it was 2021 that I was published in the Washington Post and Mm -hmm. it was not super flattering. It was about wellness influencers and how they spread misinformation. Mm -hmm. So I looked at the article and I chose not to engage, you know, because I didn't feel that it was supportive, but people are going to say whatever they're going to say. And your character will, will demonstrate who you are. Mm -hmm. So I chose not to respond, but what I remember from nursing school and the nursing code of ethics is that number one patient right to autonomy and Mm self-determination. If you are on a psychiatric hold Or if you are in a coma, you're in the ICU, you can't speak for yourself, that would not be the case. But if you are a mentally capable adult who's A&O times four, you're alert and oriented and you're competent, you are allowed to say yes or no to anything. Mm. And there are patients that say yes to things that I would never do. And there are patients that say no to things and people shame them for that. I don't get to decide that for other people. Right. So- Although not partaking in a certain intervention was right for me because I do care about my health. It was interesting. Oh, you must not care about your health. You must hate grandmas. I'm like, I love my grandma. She's my number one. Yeah, exactly. You know, the stories that people create Mm -hmm. about who you must be, but I'm not, you know, that was such a a beautiful opportunity for growth because I'm not responsible for what Mm -hmm. someone else thinks about me. And I'm sure you've dealt with that Mm -hmm. plenty of times where Mm -hmm. people see something that you write in feel a certain way about it. And it's like, all right, Bill from Wisconsin's not a fan, but at the end of my life, I want to know that I stood up for what's right. And that doesn't mean I get to tell people don't do this or do this. I'll just say, here's why this is right for me or not right for me. What do you think? Mm. And I think that's why I didn't get a ton of heat from people because it's about respecting other people's choices. And I just don't think we're going to live in a world where we all do the same thing unless we are drugged out of our minds or 
you know, something unnatural, but it's okay to disagree, but we don't get to tell others how to live. Agree. I hope you're enjoying today's episode with Ashley of Ashley Taylor Wellness. Again, all of her information is in the show notes. I definitely recommend that you go follow her, learn from her. There is a lot of great information that she puts out there every single day. And I just want to thank you for listening to the show. If you do enjoy it, please head on over to Apple or Spotify to leave me up to a five-star review. And don't forget to share this with a friend or family member, especially if they are going through burnout right now. And it is clear that stress is running the show when it comes to their health, because we have these little signs and signals. We have inflammation, trouble sleeping, anxiety, depression, and these things turn into bigger health issues. So this is why I am so passionate about continuing to release this show, continuing to record every single week and put out guests and information to help you on your health journey is because we have the signs and symptoms, but sometimes we don't quite know what to do with that information. So I hope that you are enjoying today's episode. Make sure to take advantage of my New Year's sale. That will be in the show notes, that special link to my New Year's sale. So make sure to check that out and have a fantastic rest of your day. Enjoy the show. Yeah. And that's, you know, what I just talked about in a podcast a couple of weeks ago was just informed consent and that people don't even know patients don't even know that they have the right to say no to certain things that they can turn down certain things. And you know, that you don't feel like you have a choice sometimes when you're in the hospital. And I've been that in that situation with my daughter in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And, um, and sometimes they just do things without even asking permission, you know, like, Oh, you have to take this, you have to do this. And it's like, Well, I mean, you know, and so I think that people continuing, like I said, to have these conversations where people do realize they do get a say, they can reject things, they can say no to things, or they can just say, hey, maybe this isn't my best interest to do this, you know, Um, and that's, that's a, a line everybody has to walk for themselves. You can't walk it for anybody else. And it's tough decisions have to be made sometimes for sure. I think it's a lot easier for people to outsource thinking and decision-making because then we're not responsible. But I look at it as I'm responsible for all of my choices. And I do partake in some things that I don't think Botox is a healthy choice. I still use it. I've cut back significantly, but I still use it. And guess who's responsible for the outcomes of that? Me. Right. So that's really what I teach people is not this is perfect. This is wrong. It's more so, are you willing to take responsibility for the, some of the choices that you're making? And that's so empowering. So yeah, it's, it's not up for anybody. And a lot of freedom people really weren't about freedom. They were just anti-juice, which is fine, Mm -hmm. but that's not freedom. Right. Right. Yeah. There are so many interesting camps of people and Mm -hmm. schools of thought that have come out. And I feel like it's like you said, people have swung one way and then they swing the other way. And now it's like, let's, let's like, just have a conversation. Let's just be reasonable. And I think that's where a lot of people are, but they were kind of forced to be on one side or on the other side, um, because of the media, because of, you know, just like, if you're, you're either this or you're that. And it's like, I feel like, yeah, they're, and you're either a good person or you're a bad person. And there's, right. it's, it's just not that simple, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's that Washington post article might've been one of the things that made me actually follow you. It's like, Ooh, a wellness influencer that's influencer that's spreading misinformation follow, <laughs> you know? And what's so funny is that it wasn't 
even misinformation. No. Everything that I shared is from the nursing code of ethics. So it's not that I'm making these things up. It's just that there is a lot of ego in medicine. And I think as a coach, even as a nurse, I'm your partner. It's not that I'm up here and you're down here. That doesn't feel empowering. You're still telling the person how to live their life. So Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, ask yourself, does your doctor listen to you? Are you allowed to ask questions and feel heard? Or is it giving you a feeling where it's like, oh, this is such a nuisance. And I think someone who really cares about your well-being wants you to know what's going on in your body. Mm-hmm. And it might cost you a little bit more if you're taking more time. Mm-hmm. However, that is an investment in yourself. And um, some hospital doctors did not like the patients that asked a lot of questions, especially engineers. They were always uh, such sharp thinkers and they're like, but this doesn't really seem to make sense. And I loved, I loved it. You know, it's not yeah. about challenging your doctor mm-hmm. and it's not that the doctor has a say over. It's just, could we look at each other as being on the same team? And sometimes it doesn't feel that way. So that's yeah. the shift that I would like to see in, in nursing. I no longer work in the hospital, but empowering patients to say, you get to make your own choices, choose wisely, you know, and hear the pros and the cons, but it doesn't feel like that's the culture so far. Nope, not at all. Definitely not at all. And it's, you still feel like in hospital settings and, in dealing with a doctor, unless you find a really good one, there's just still a lot of like playing God and dismissive and gaslighting. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's scary. Um, so we do have to, you know, and my, my dad's, um, or my dad, my husband's dad was just in the ICU, um, and really, really sick. And it was more of, you know, just like my husband and I seeing like how poor the hospital system is, how understaffed it is, because a lot of people have left now. And it's like, we have to freaking stay healthy. Like, you know, yes. that that's the thing that I see the most is a lot of people have left the hospital system now because it is such a hard place to work. And it is so difficult to stay healthy and work in that environment that now our healthcare is poor, you know? And when you start to lose your health, it's like, it's really a dangerous situation because the care is not, not the same. And so I think a lot more people are open to hearing from people like you, from people like me that really are trying to spread a message of like, how do you take your health back into your own hands again? Um, I think that that's more and more pertinent and it will continue to be that way, fortunately or unfortunately, you know, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's about having fun with it, doing what's realistic, knowing what, what your needs are. Uh, I'm very clear on my sleep needs. It's different Mm -hmm. from other people. So here's a great example. Someone might sleep seven and a half hours. I know I need about eight and a half Mm -hmm. depends on the night, but typically that's what I need. So let's say you, you feel great at seven and a half, Mm -hmm. but your brain, your belief system is telling you, Oh, it needs to be eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And then there's this guilt of all the shoulds and things like that. And that's one of the biggest energy leaks that I see in people making changes. Mm -hmm. So it's great to want to be healthy, but what's the energy that you're doing it from? Are you making realistic changes? And I think it's a lot better to stack six smaller habits over time versus trying to add 12 things at once and maintaining none of it. Mm-hmm. So people want massive results, which I am here for, but does it mean massive changes or smaller sustainable changes stacked over time? That's been right. more effective for me. Yeah. And when you're dealing with somebody, a lot of people are coming to you with their health in a not so good situation. How many of those people would you say that a big part of the issue that they're experiencing 
is the burnout stress and they don't really recognize it as burnout stress. They think it's, you know, gut issues and hormone issues and this, that, and the other, but the root of it is really just this complete and total burnout. Would you say that's a lot of people half some, what, what do you think? Way more than half. Yeah. Because most of the people that I work with are moms, Mm. high level entrepreneurs, nurses, um, and a lot of empaths and empathetic people who don't know how to care, but also not take it on as their own. Mm. So I see these people and they're like, I don't understand why my heart rate variability is so low. And I am launching in January of 2024. I'm so excited in ordering coaching program because now we can actually see what's stressing you out. Mm. Once again, when are you having the most restorative time? How's your sleep? Are you overtraining based on your sleep needs, based on your heart rate variability? Do you modify based on where you are in your cycle? Is that something you pay any consideration to? And it's so individual to the person. So that's one thing that I noticed is that a lot of people feel that they're not doing enough. And some of them have like 25,000 steps a day. And I'm like, Mm. interesting that your brain tells you you need to be doing more. Right. So let's try some things out. Let's reduce some of that and figure out how you can be more mindful with your time. And we just Mm -hmm. experiment and see what works best for you. Yeah. So that makes it a lot more easy for people because then they get feedback on a daily basis as far as if the change is sending them in the right direction or not. And I have so much clarity about how airplanes affect me, alcohol before bed, eating meals before bed. And it's just all about Mm bio-individuality. You don't have to have a tool for it, but it helps, especially if you're very disconnected from listening to your body. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I have an aura ring. I will put it on for periods of time just to check in and see, because I historically had a very low HRV. And Mm -hmm. that was before I started all the quantum circadian stuff. I could never get it to move. And it was like, I had to cut coffee out because I found for me, even when I had one cup of coffee, you know, every couple of days, my HRV would still stay really low. But when I cut it out completely and it took about two months of of no coffee, all of a sudden it doubled, you know? And so little things like that, I think it can be helpful to go in and actually like see, okay, yeah, yeah, my HRV is like double what it was when I was having some coffee, even every like couple of days. And so, and again, I know plenty of people that can have coffee every day and their HRV is fine. It just is a matter of your life, like your current stresses, like what's going on with you. And so, yeah, I think people are on the whole, like really disconnected from what's actually going on. You know, they have no idea that they're burned out and that's really the biggest part of their health issue that, that, that there is. Um, Yeah. 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 So that's the value in what you do for sure. So in HRV, that is a really good indicator of our resilience and the balance of the autonomic nervous system and how well we respond to stress. So if I'm the type of person who's already in a sympathetic dominant state and my mind's go, 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 and I'm go, go, go Mm -hmm. more caffeine. Well, I'm not anti-coffee. It's not going to help me to shift my state because as you know, the body's going to prioritize safety over anything else. Mm -hmm. So fight or flight over rest and digest. And so many people don't even realize that they're on. That's why they're like, Mm -hmm. the aura ring says I'm stressed. I don't feel stressed. And it's the beliefs that really get in the way of people slowing down. But once they see that tangible data, they're like, okay. So the results that women that I coach tend to get will be increased HRV, 
Now we're going to be able to assess stress, time spent in the stress state Mm -hmm. and restorative time, looking at all of those and figuring out what's right for that person. I have so much clarity on different things. So you mentioned coffee, um, Mm -hmm. airplanes will be a big one for me, alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just so cool because you get to learn what's right for you versus like, there's all this stuff on Instagram. How do I know? Right. Right. And yeah, for me, even yeah. like almonds, like I used to, when I was like trying to be healthy, you know, and I was like doing paleo, I would have like dried, dried fruit and almonds, like would be a snack for me. And I even saw my aura ring the, the day, if I would have almonds or almond butter, my HRV would tank for whatever reason. Okay. I don't know if they're just inflammatory for me or what, but I, even almonds would tank my HRV. So like it's interesting to see, and I don't eat almonds now. Like I just mm-hmm. haven't for years. So I don't really think they're that healthy for you. <laughs> Shoot me. But, um, you know, I, it just is one of those things. Like I never would have known that because you don't necessarily feel that. I think that's one of the things we were talking about before I turned to the camera, like how many people are just kind of living in this chronically stressed out state with a low HRV and just complete burnout. And it feels totally normal to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What has helped you with your HRV that you've Um, noticed over the years? Definitely cutting out the coffee. Like, and I, I have Mm -hmm. played with it multiple times to say, I really want some coffee because I like coffee. Coffee tastes good to me. Um, but if I have coffee on a semi-regular basis, my HRV will go down the toilet. Mm -hmm. Definitely meditation. Um, during the day. Yeah. Helps a ton. Just having it as a regular thing I do daily has been very helpful. Obviously the circadian rhythms have been super, super helpful. Um, and then just, you know, making sure I cut my eating window off early. Like if the later that I eat, the more my HRV goes down, body temperature doesn't drop all that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and things like that. It's just like, there's so much that you would never think that that stresses your body out or makes it harder for you to go into recovery mode. But yeah, I would say the, the, the morning sunlight and eating breakfast and that really prioritizing that morning time has, is one of the biggest things and not having the coffee. Yeah. Not a fun answer for people. (laughs) Well, I, that was one of my action steps from my doctor in 2018. And it was, I mean, I love my coffee enemas, but I really don't drink it by mouth so much anymore. I do feel more anxious and it does affect my sleep. So it's good to just experiment. And if you're not able to listen to your body, have a feedback tool, or Mm -hmm. if you have a coach that you can share, okay, this is how I feel based on what I was doing. It's just good to reflect and and self audit and say, what's moving the needle for you and what's not. And it Mm -hmm. is truly different for everybody. So now I'm able to enjoy things, but know how they affect me. So I know how to support my body. Yeah. Um, but what about restorative time? Have you noticed that there are any activities where you really get into that mode? Um, definitely meditation Medi- and, mm-hmm. and walking outside, I think is really important too. Like that's a okay. really important one. Yeah. And I use the brain tap every now and then I like, I don't use it on the Bluetooth mode, but I wire it, yes. hardwire it. Um, and sometimes I'll just be strung out from getting kids to bed and just, I think the nighttime, I don't know if you experience this with your female clients. I think that's kind of when everything goes to shit really is like, I've had a long day. I'm tired. I just did all yeah. this stuff with the kids, bathed them, fed them. Everyone's, you know, I want to just lay on the couch, have a glass of wine, have a snack, watch Netflix, you know, and they, they little, these little things 
kind of wreck all the things that they did during the day, you know, mm-hmm. and um, the, definitely the late night snacking and TV watching. And I haven't had a drink in seven years, so I don't, I haven't, aged, I haven't tested that well. It was drinking was like an issue for me. So okay, it was, it was like a quit or die kind of thing. Um, but I still don't think that most people should be drinking wine every night. I think that's, that's something I've seen really mess up hormones and HRV and, um, you know, just not, not a health, not a healthy thing for, for people to be doing. But I see that a lot with people, um, that the evening routine really just messes up everything. Would you say? Definitely. And alcohol, like I said, is not a big part of my life anymore, but that was definitely how I shut off in the evenings mm-hmm. Same. and seeing that data. I mean, it was so clear and I don't even miss it. So we have other options, but I tell people for anything that you're doing, whether it's, it's self-medicating by comfort foods or spending mm-hmm. money or alcohol, what need is it meeting for you versus mm-hmm. I need to take that thing away because yeah. it's, it's doing something, mm-hmm. but I think it's more effective to find another way to meet that need. And mm-hmm. then that vice will fizzle out versus focusing on no snacking at night. Right. It's like, I'm going to cuddle with my partner or ice cream. Great example. That's what I would crave. And it's oh, like, am too. I craving sweetness, right? Mm. Like maybe I'm craving sweetness. Can I cuddle? Can I laugh. I'm Can I do something warm else? Bath person too. Okay. I mean, yeah. That's that. I probably spend the amount of money I spend on like magnesium flakes and Epsom salt is like ridiculous, but that's, I mean, cause you get grounding in the bathtub. So your body's getting a rich source of electrons. You're getting all that, you know, deep pressure from the water. And it's just, that's one thing that I, I will do instead of endlessly watching Netflix or, you know, filling my mind with junk and, <laughs> being tempted to snack and just go get in a nice warm magnesium bath. I think that can be really helpful for people too. And it's a practice because slowing down was the hardest thing I ever had to do. So maybe step one is getting into the tub while looking at my phone. Mm -hmm. Maybe step two with blue blockers, maybe step two is, is reading a book and maybe I'll get to a point where I can just be there. But Mm -hmm. sometimes if we try to meditate for an hour and we're not, no, having a practice, it's going to overwhelm people. So that's why I really think small, sustainable changes and the brain will say that's not good enough because Mm -hmm. it's not a massive action. It's such a trap Mm -hmm. because typically we'll self-sabotage if it's too far from where we're starting. And also the identity that we take on. I work with clients on that too. Like the identity that I used to have for myself was high school dropout, who was a floozy. It wasn't very good. So what decisions did I make from that place? And the new identity that I have taken on for myself is a high value woman. So how would I speak to myself and others? What are my beliefs, character traits? How do I live my life? And the more that I'm living in alignment with that, then I've decided what success and thriving looks like for me. Mm. And if I'm not living in alignment with that, I'm like, okay, well, of course you're not feeling that way because you're watching Netflix or drinking wine every night or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. And every person gets to decide what their limits are and what works for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, I mean, like you said, like I said, it's, it's just super individual as far as what needs to change, but there are some things like the Netflix and the wine and the staying up late and the snacking, I think that are pretty universal for people as far as like, is definitely going to drop your heart rate. It's definitely going to not drop your heart rate. It's going to drop your HRV. It's definitely going to make you 
uh, not recover and feel as good and continue to experience this low level, like burnout state and, and just not get better, you know? Yeah. So uh, when we recorded the podcast for the high maintenance hippie podcast, Mm. that episode, you were saying, if you're going to fast or eat two meals a day, breakfast and lunch, not dinner. And I have definitely found that to be the case for me because if I eat too closely to bed, Mm -hmm. definitely have a higher heart rate overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, so women and hormones, like what are some of the things that, that you've seen that are burning women out? Cause I'll share my own thoughts, but just from a, a lifestyle perspective, why do you think women are so burnt out? I think they're honestly, just without getting into like super, super specifics, I just think that they're overdoing it in, Mm -hmm. in all aspects of their life and that they're not, um, either they're overdoing it on themselves, like, cause they have shifted the focus more to them. And so they went from maybe over-focusing on family and work and, you know, all the things outwardly, like, how do I appear? How does my family look? How does my career look? Now they're overly focusing on themselves, right? So, which is good because you've shifted a little bit to to like prioritize yourself, right? But they're overdoing it, like the gym at 5 a.m. and over dieting and over restricting and trying to walk 25,000 steps and work out. And, you know, they're just, it's, that's the problem is just overarching, just overdoing it completely too much. Yeah. What would you say in your opinion? 100%. And yeah it's that mental pressure. Mm -hmm. I have to be doing more. And Mm -hmm. I just think that's one of the biggest myths out there. I do less. I feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm able to make more because I'm more grounded. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really interesting. So there's so much that I think we're doing that is correct. Maybe in the wrong order, maybe wrong time of day. Mm -hmm. And how can we tweak things so that we can find out what works best for each person. So it's so much fun uh, when we have that. Otherwise, you know, there were a lot of women I worked with, they're like, my sleep's fine. And it's five or six hours. I'm like, I would, I would burn the city down. I don't know. I don't know what I would do, but it wouldn't be good. Mm -mm. So, and I think that catches up to people eventually. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Like, eventually you build like a huge sleep debt. And if you've only been sleeping five hours a night for years on end, I think that catches up to people, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I say that the body can compensate until it can't. So when we're in our twenties, that's why I think it's so confusing for people. Cause they're like, well, when I was in my teens Mm -hmm. and my twenties, I could eat whatever I did a bunch of drugs. I did all this and I was fine. I drank a six pack a night. I was mm-hmm. fine because the body can compensate once again, until it can't. Mm-hmm. And once it hits that point, mm-hmm. it's not pleasant. Right. So I hit that point for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I just, well, everyone else is doing it, but everyone else has different factors, different genetics. Mm-hmm. And there are some people that can drink every day. I'm not one of them, which is no. why it's like, what's right for you. Yeah. But I agree. Every person needs sleep. Every person needs light. And we are so afraid of the sun. It's like the one thing that gives life to all of nature. Yeah. Um, But I think we're both very passionate about that. Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. But what's one thing that we didn't talk about that you think is super, like really important for people to understand on their health journey, especially as it's like beginning of the year and maybe people are a little bit more in that mindset. What is one thing that we didn't talk about that you think is really important? Okay. So great question. Think about January 1st. Yes. That's when I'm launching my burnout recovery program, but this is a burnout 
recovery program. So just like you might speak about the different seasons of nature, and we have seasons in our own body with our menstrual cycle, Mm -hmm. this is not a push season in my opinion. Mm -mm. So Mm -mm. it's the worst time of year to set these big goals for fitness and doing all this stuff because my understanding is that we should be going in a little Mm -hmm. bit more reflecting. Mm -hmm. And that is what we're going to be doing in this program. And then by the time it's done, it'll be March and then go for it. I think spring is the best time to make those push goals, Totally. but people want more. And I think it's important to discern between doing goals and being goals and when to push and when to slow down. And the biggest misconception that I see is more is better. It's Mm -hmm. not true. It's not true for detox. It's not true for the sauna. It's not Mm -hmm. true for exercise. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just not. So I think people need to really look at, is this what's best for me in this season? Mm -hmm. And that really aligns a lot with what you teach because are your needs different in the summer versus the winter? And if so, what might that look like? And most people don't even consider that. No. They don't, they never do. It's just like, there's all this pressure right now because it's the new year to have all these goals and accomplish all these things and get your six pack ready. And it's like, that's not really appropriate for this time of year. Like you need to be more introspective and thinking, yeah, like setting, maybe setting goals, going inward and asking yourself, what's really important. What are the things that I don't need to be doing right now? What's not important. What can I let go of? I think that's best thing for people to do at this time of year, instead of trying to like add more, you know, there's less, less hours in the day. It's literally darker outside. And that's a time that's a nature is telling us like, what can I let go of? What can I rid myself of during this time. It's time to do more of the like cleansing, letting go type of deal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I like to think of the full moon as a reminder from nature, what's something I can let go of new moon, what's something I can bring in, in, but really honoring these seasons. Mm -hmm. And then we're just so much more efficient Mm -hmm. because we're not trying to force something. And I really love what you said about people feel like they need to do more. I would disagree with that. And I mean, detox is a great example, but are there beliefs we need to let go of? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I need to do, um, an hour of cardio a day to lose weight. That is not true. I need to get my body healthy so it can be regulated and it can handle all of these things. So that's a, that's a big thing that we focus on too. And in working with clients, it's yes, what do we need to do, but what do we need to let go of? Mm -hmm. And it's just not something that we think about energetically. Even it feels so good to clean my closet or Mm -hmm. to, write all my feelings out and watch the paper burn or just to, to get it out. And so we just consume, consume, consume. And Mm -hmm. I like to call it like an emotional suitcase of this baggage. And on week one of my program, we unpack everything, but it's like, okay, but the load's going to be lighter. So sometimes it's got to get a little bit messy, but it is so much better to let go of these things. Mm -hmm. And it does create space for the new. Mm -hmm. So to think about the winter in that way, Mm -hmm. and maybe If you can be reflecting on the past year, asking yourself, how have I grown? What's really important to me and filling our cup up. So then when spring comes, we're like, all right, I'm ready to go. That seems to be the the best way for me. Agree. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm definitely going to send everybody your way. If someone's in their car driving right now, just listening, what's the best way to find you, follow you and, and check into some of your programs. Ashley at Ashley Taylor wellness is my email on Instagram. It's Ashley Taylor wellness. My website is under construction, but it will be Ashley Taylor And then I also have 
my podcast, the High Maintenance Hippie Podcast. It's on Spotify, iTunes, and then video on YouTube. Um, but you can go to highmaintenancehippie.com. But just talking to people about what's helped them. It's all about beauty, health, wellness, and optimization and not boxing yourself in, you know, Mm. it's one size doesn't fit all. And that's what that represents. So Ashley Taylor wellness on Instagram would be the main place. And I love learning from other people and Mm. I don't have all the answers, but I love to share what I've learned and we all specialize in different things. So it's really great to have these mutual connections where you can help someone with something that I may not know as much about. And it's really about community. And I'm so grateful for, for everyone that I've gotten to meet over the last several years. It's been the best blessing after a crazy year in 2020. Absolutely. I love it. And I'll make sure I link all of that in the show notes below. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Ashley of Ashley Taylor Wellness. Make sure to check her out and thank you for being a listener. Happy New Year. I hope that your year is going so far so good. If you do enjoy the show, always remember to leave me that review over on Spotify or Apple. Make sure to share it with a friend or family member. There's so much that we are still learning that we are going to continue to learn. And I hope that you'll be here with me for this next year for 2024. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show, for being here, for being a supporter. Even if the way that you support the show is just to hit the play button, that is supporting the show. So thank you for being here. And I'm excited to spend 2024 with you, bring you new and exciting guests and continue to expand and open your mind as I expand and open my mind. Thank you for listening to the Evolving Wellness Podcast. My name is Sarah, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. I will talk with you next week.